0: You're listening to the Brooklyn USA podcast, an occasional audio love letter from Brooklyn to the world. This year marked the second annual Be Heard Amplified Podcast Workshop, a BRIC initiative that meets emerging media makers where they live, work, pray, and hang out after school and gives them the tools and know-how to tell stories that they think matter most. This year, in the midst of the global pandemic brick tv senior producer shrianka ray music producer and workshop instructor kareem duadi and filmmaker jude cheb led a remote 13-week podcasting course in both english and arabic through ipads and zoom classes a cohort of 22 residents from bay ridge brooklyn learn how to make their first ever podcast today we're sharing six stories from 22 of brooklyn's newest audio makers first up husam.
1: assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wa barakatuh. peace be upon you all this is husam and i have been invited to be the moderator for the first episode of your coffee is on me and we are coincidentally Recording the first episode at Bauhaus, House, a very famous Yemeni coffee shop located in Williamsburg, downtown Brooklyn. Uh, today we have with us the two honorable guests. The first one is Osama Al-Mathil, a Yemeni anthropologist who was born in the beautiful city of Rada'a. On the other hand, we have Shakhbos Amunov, who was born in the beautiful country of Uzbekistan, and the famous city of Samarkand. Your coffee is on me. قهوتك ala حسابي. And I I forgot to mention this at the beginning, but Shakhbous is actually currently working at Qahua House and out of passion has become so good at making the Yemeni drinks that he actually makes them better than the Yemenis themselves. And for now, I will pass the mic to him to see if he has any questions that he would like our anthropologist in residence, if he has any questions for him about Yemen. Thank you, Sam. Mm. In the spirit of qahwa let's talk about um, coffee beans. I know uh, that Yemenis have stopped growing coffee for a few years now and switched to this basically drug called qat. I know Yemenis are really religious people and using this drug kind of uh, makes it an oxymoron. So I want to know why switching to qat was better than just growing coffee. We were myself.
2: I'm talking about me personally right now, and we were, you know, raised in a family which is, like you said, religious. But there was so many culture and you know, beliefs where, if you really don't learn the religion, you're gonna mix uh, have, uh, you know, mistakes or a misunderstanding between what's religion and what's culture. And once you grow up, you, you realize there is a lot of, you know, wrong stuff. Uh, a lot of people suck on that because it was easy to to grow um, you didn't need to to have experience and it was good money you know people realized they could just grow it and you know sell it. I don't know much about it, but is it addictive a lot of, you know like drugs you know people you you could use it for benefit stuff and you could use it you know for just you know other reasons some people use qat to you know study to to work and there is people that use it just to waste their time and money which is you know if you look at it from their religious perspective is haram you know you were saying why yemenis stop growing coffee and start growing qat correct from the people i know who owns who used to own you know um, coffee farms and now owns qat farms or change it to that it's first, it's easy um to grow. Uh, second, um, you make I think, in their p- opinion you make a lot of money. You don't. It's not difficult when it comes to to, to coffee. Coffee, you know, you has to grow in certain places with certain uh, weather temperature, and you it's, you gotta like really take care of it. And another reason it's. Became like a drug. You could uh, because some people told you, "Oh, Qat is haram. It's wrong. It's a waste of time." But uh, there is good in everything, and there is a lot of you know people use it, you know, for studying. Use it to to chill, you know, and maybe have good time with their fellow friends and and family members. But what I believe, Qat, it, it is making our country going down um, and hopefully inshallah we could grow back the coffee
1: well thank you Shekbus for another great and challenging question and uh, Osama it's I understand the sensitivity around this topic just like guns Qat has essentially become a part of the Yemeni identity and you could find interviews of the president uh, who ruled Yemen for 33 years uh, talking about how he himself chose qat. It's chewed by um, tribal leaders, tribal sheikhs, by religious leaders. And for every scholar that has basically said that qat is haram, there's a different scholar who chose qat that has said that qat is halal. And each of them you know, uses their own credentials and their not background knowledge to uh, back up their position. Over the past couple of years, we're actually seeing that the coffee, um, there's been a revival to say the least, in the uh, coffee industry in Yemen. And Qahwa House, the place you work out, is a prime example of that. Well, wow, that was a very interesting topic. Two very close friends and uh, their backgrounds and cultures for the first time. And we have a lot more topics to talk about and discuss. Uh, we would love to save that for future episodes. And with that, we conclude our very first episode of Qahwatak Ala hasabi. Your coffee is on me. See you guys next time.
3: The lives of Yemeni Americans have been transformed after the bodyguest strike highlighting the Argentinian community to become civically engaged. This podcast will shed a light on what sparked the Yemeni American community to came out of the shadows and be represented in the U.S. Today, the sleeping giant is awake.
4: We're going to move on now to the chaos, confusion, and anger growing in the wake of President Trump's immigration ban, protests all across the country, reaction from around the world.
5: And it also issues a 90-day ban on nearly all travelers from seven predominantly Muslim countries, Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen.
3: The Yemeni bodega strike on February 2, 2017 at Brooklyn Borough Hall was organized across the five boroughs of New York City in response to the executive order travel ban. The organizers consisted of Yemeni-Americans, bodega owners, merchants, and activists, where a number of congressional leaders and local elected officials attended to discuss civic engagement and immigration advocacy. More than 1,000 stores shut down during the Bodega strike for the very first time, and approximately 6,000 people showed up. This revolution has inspired Yemeni Americans to get involved in civic engagement.
6: I've always been looking for a way to be, you know, a positive force for Yemeni Americans in this, in, in my community and help our community and understand and, you know, engage and involve as a people so that one day we are able to hold powerful positions and not just be regarded as the deli owner on my corner. It's always been difficult for me to balance my American and Yemeni life, but being involved in in this revolution has brought those worlds together beautifully and perfectly in a way that I can actually have an impact.
3: The Yemeni-American community has enriched and contributed to the diverse fabric in the United States by bringing their cultures with authentic cuisine and coffee shops. There was also unique relationships between Yemeni-owned bodegas and the community neighborhood that they served in. After the bodega strike, the transformation of the Yemeni-American community started with the birth of the Yemeni-American Russian Association, YAMA, which is a grassroots nonprofit organization in New York City that seeks to educate and elevate Yemeni-American merchants and their families through education, business and social service support, and civil rights advocacy. This is Dr. Debbie Tasser and I am one of the co-founders of the Yemeni-American Merchants Association and the Muslim Community Network here in New York City. I believe that our community is... Uh, Definitely uh, enriching and contributing to the lives of uh, average Americans through providing a service um, to their neighbors, um, where they are basically the lifeline. And we saw this through the pandemic and the role that they played in their community as essential workers um, In food desert communities. They were the only sustenance that was there for the communities that they served. For the very first time, Yemeni Americans are running for city, state, and federal offices. A testament to that, the first Yemeni American wins the state representative seat in Michigan, Abraham Ayash.
2: As-salamu alaykum. This community has a deep history in this city. Yemenis are very much a part of the United States. Our history goes back to the earliest 20th century and it'll continue every single day after that. We're here to establish ourselves as a part of the American fabric because we are that quintessential American fabric.
3: With the spark of the Yemeni political engagement, Yama Action is a political endorsement organization that came to reality as a driving force to serve community through civic engagement, organizing, and advocacy. The future is promising when Yemeni Americans amplify their voices which historically have been the voiceless.
5: We are doing a story on three Yemeni Americans' educational experience in the United States. We have Sarah Sa'id, Tawqia Hussein, and Nihya al faqi Thank you, everyone, for joining in to listen to our podcast of Yemeni Americans pursuing their education in the United States. We would like to start with Taqiya Hussein, an history teacher in New York City. So Taqiya, how did your family view your education? And what would you describe as some of the unique obstacles or struggles entangled with your Yemeni heritage? Thank you, Sarah, for introducing me.
7: Uh, i will give one example um in my senior year when all of my peers were applying for colleges i had to first wait and ask permission from my father if i could apply if i could apply to college um and i was very nervous to ask him because i would i would have been the second female to go to college and this was something that wasn't uh expected of 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 Yemeni women my father felt deep pain watching my older sister struggle as a single mother and he wanted to he wanted me to go to college and have a career where I could always take care of myself uh, we have to understand that Yemeni women are expected and treated as dependent to the male um, either their father their brother their husband all of their security of having a home shelter food clothing and decision often has to go through a male person. Um, and so my mother and father, seeing the experience of our of my sister, realized that financial liberty would protect us from any form of oppression. So thank you, Sarah, for asking me these questions. Um, I would like to learn more about your story. So I'd like to ask you, Sarah, could you tell us more about your background?
5: So yes, I would love to share my story. Uh, I was born in Yemen and I came here around the age of 10. My story is a little different from yours, Suqiyah, because... Pursuing an education was um, in fact an expectation for all members of my family, female and male. My mom, uh, my mom's family, my uncles, aunts, many of them actually have pursued uh, degrees in education uh, as well as the medical field. So for me, growing up, I saw uh, women in a strong light, more than men in fact. When I came to the United States and, you know, moved into downtown Brooklyn, where there at that time were many Yemeni-Americans, I was shocked by the opposite.
7: Uh, That is interesting, Sarah. What do you think that is? Why is your experience different from mine, despite the fact that we're both from Yemen?
5: Well, Taqia, I think that this is due to where you are from in Yemen. I'm from Taiz, the city where I was born has been described as the intellectual capital of Yemen. And I would also argue the culture of the city life itself that I was born into values the role of women. So Sara, it appears to be that gender was not
7: a factor. What were some of the struggles then?
5: For me, my biggest struggle was my immigration status back then. I feared that being a dreamer, I was not going to be allowed to pursue college. I would add that besides the financial factor, the fact that I lived in a Yemeni community, I faced backlash for the choices my family um, were allowing me to take. And so, like you, I had to constantly ask for permission. So, the struggle was more external in dealing with nosy or ignorant neighbors or community members. So, taqiya a theme that our stories seem to describe is how patriarchal values dominated our educational experience. We are so lucky to have this young man, Yahya al fagi share his experiences with us today.
7: Yahya, can you enlighten us of what are some of the struggles Yemeni males face when pursuing education? What has been your experience or the experience of your peers and what struggles or obstacles stand in their way.
6: Hello, Sarah and Teghia. As you both know that I came to the U.S. recently, so my story is extremely different. In terms of the struggles, there are common struggles and personal struggles. The first and most common struggle is the financial conditions. Most of the Yemeni American students work part-time jobs and some full-time jobs. However, life conditions sometimes force them to focus and work more than their schools, to earn more money to help their families.
5: I have one question for you. Do you feel that the value of education in Yemen is different than it is um, of Yemeni Americans? In other words, what is the difference of how Yemenis view education when in Yemen versus when in America?
6: Well, that's a good question too. Absolutely, there is a difference in the value of education between the two countries. The education system in Yemen is still old, low, and lacks scientific materials. But that doesn't mean there is no many educated people. I'm not exaggerating if I say people in Yemen believe in education and the importance of being educated more than those who live in the U.S. Unfortunately, they don't have the opportunities to get that same education that other students in other countries have. I personally believe that the reason of the difference of how Yemeni view education when in Yemen versus in America is following from customs and traditions, which look at the life only from the financial side, ignoring the idea of following passion and enjoying life.
5: So Taqiya and Yahya, I think that the audience and we would benefit from discussing what we observe today in terms of the Yemeni Americans pursuing education. Our goal is to shed light on this issue and to start conversation in hope of inspiring change. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to our podcast, describing the struggles of Yemeni Americans pursuing their education. The struggle is real, and the struggle is present.
8: مرحبا أنا جميلة من اليمن، ومعي الأخوات فاطمة من الجزائر وأنوار من فلسطين وغاده من مصر. اليوم سنتبادل الحديث حول قضية التنمر ضد المرأة، وخاصة المرأة العربية. نحن بصدد إلقاء الضوء على إحدى أهم القضايا الاجتماعية المعاصرة التي تتعرض لها المرأة حتى يومنا هذا أنه التنمر ضد المرأة العربية على الرغم مما وصلت إليه مجتمعاتنا العربية من تطور في شتى أنواع العلوم الإنسانية والاجتماعية وإنفتاحاتها على ثقافات مختلفة إلا أنه ما زال ممارسة العنف والتنمر بكل أشكاله وصوره ضد المرأة بصفة عامة والمرأة العربية بصفة خاصة قائم ومستمر ويعد التنمر من أبرز المشاكل التي حظيت باهتمام عالمي في الاونه الأخيرة نظرا لكونه أكثر أنواع العنف انتشارا في جميع أنحاء العالم
9: والآن أترك الحديث للأخت فاطمة ولكن ماذا يعني التنمر ضد المرأة وما هو أسبابه وأسباب تواجده في مجتمعاتنا إلى الآن؟ التنمر ضد المرأة ظاهرة تفشل بكثره في مجتمعاتنا العربية بشكل يثير المخاوف ويطرح التساؤلات حول دوافعه وطبيعته وعن كيفية التعامل معه وحماية المرأة من التعرض له تعرف الأمم المتحدة التنمر ضد المرأة على أنه أي فعل عنيف تدفع إليه عصبية الجنس ويترتب عليه أداء ومعاناة للمراه سواء من الناحية الجسمانية أو الجنسية والنفسية أو بما في ذلك التهديد بأفعال من هذا القبيل أو القسرة والحرمان التعسفي من الحرية سواء في الحياة العامة باستخدام وسائل التواصل الاجتماعي والخاصة من خلال العلاقات الإنسانية ويرجع أسباب التنمر ضد المرأة في مجتمعاتنا إلى تسلط المجتمع الدكوري ورغبته في التحكم والسيطرة على المرأة التشبث بالعادات والتقاليد الموروطة الخاطئة وأيضاً اختلال توازن النفسي والعقد النفسية لدى المتنمر لا يمكننا إنكار
4: أن العالم المعاصر أصبح يشهد تحولات جذرية على جميع الأصيدة نتيجة للتحولات التكنولوجية والمعرفية ونتيجة للعولمة بمختلف أشكالها ولما تخلقه من سلبيات على المجتمعات وخاصة النامية منها مما أدى إلى ظهور بواهر مرضية من أهمها العنف بأشكاله المختلفة والتنمر ونحو فئات متعددة ومنها المرأة ركيزة المجتمع وعامل من أهم عوامل تطوره ومن هذا المنطلق بات من الضروري تسليط الضوء على هذه الظاهرة وعلى إنعكاسات العولمه ومساهمتها في التنمر ضد المرأة وزيادة من استساع حجم هذه الظاهرة إذ أن التكنولوجيا أصبحت تتيح سبلا جديدة لمرتكبي العنف والتنمر ضد المرأة كتعرض المرأة للإبتزاز والتحرش والتهديد والترهيب وانتحال الشخصيات واستغلال النساء جنسيا عبر الإنترنت حيث سجلت أرقام ومعدلات ضحايا كبيرة بهذا الخصوص على الصعيد الآخر يمكننا القول أن التكنولوجيا والعالمة هي سلاح ذو حدين حيث أن التكنولوجيا وفرت امتيازات وتطورات جديدة في مجال السرية والأمان للدخول على الإنترنت كذلك ساهمت التكنولوجيا والعولمة في تطور وانفتاح عقل المرأة وإتاحة الفرصة لها لزيادة وعيها والتسلح بالعلم والمعرفة ومعرفة حقوقها وواجباتها والحفاظ عليها والآن نكون قد وصلنا معكم لنهاية حديثنا حول موضوع التنمر ضد المرأة العربية الذي قد حرصنا فيه بالاستفادة حول التنمر من حيث مفهومه وأنواعه وآثاره المترتبة عليه وختاما نود أن نشير إلى أنه أن يجب أن يكون هناك خطوات عملية لمواجهة التنمر إذ ننصح بأن يتم التعامل مع التنمر بدقة على كافة الأصعدة سواء الشخصية وضمن العائلة والأسرة أو بيئة العمل وطبعا على كافة الفئات العمرية لكن هنا تم التخصيص ضد المرأة فعلى المرأة أن تكون على درجة كافية من الوعي والعلم وأن تتسلح بالمعرفة والوعي لتواكب تطورات العالم وتدخل كافة المجالات هذا بدوره يعزز نمو شخصية المرأة بنفسها ويزيد ثقتها ويجب عليها أن تكن كل المحبة والتقدير لنفسها هذا كله يساعدها على مواجهة التنمر شكرا لكم على حسن الاستماع ونتمنى أن نوافقكم في مواضيع شيقة فيما بعد. دمتم بخير وصحة جيدة مع تحيات فريق العمل جميلة فاطمة غادة أنوار. يسعد أوقاتكم.
9: أسعد الله وأوقاتكم المستمعين بودكاست معكم حنان نادية. لالا وكوتر أهلا وسهلا بكم سنتكلم اليوم عن مواقع التواصل الاجتماعي بعنوان كن كما أنت إنه وقت غريب نعيش به حاليا في مواقع التواصل الاجتماعي هذا الذي نعيشه لا نستطيع أن ننكر أنه بفضل مواقع التواصل الاجتماعي أصبح العالم أشبه بقرية صغيرة فهو يجمع بين جميع الناس بالرغم من اختلاف مواقعهم الجغرافيه ولغاتهم واعمارهم وجنسهم ومساواهم الفكري والثقافي وغير ذلك لتكوين صداقات وتبادل الافكار والمعلومات ولتحقيق الاهداف كما يعتبر ايضا سلاح ذو حدين له جوانب مفيدة وفي نفس الوقت له جوانب ضاره ايضا فهل لمواقع التواصل الاجتماعي سلبيات وإيجابيات في نفط الوقت؟
10: من إيجابياته التي يمكن أن يستفيد منها المستخدم هي أنها وسيلة فعالة للتسويق والترويج في مختلف أنحاء العالم والوصول إلى آخر الأخبار في جميع بقاع العالم دون انتظار جريدة أو قنوات التلفاز لمعرفة آخر المسجدات والتواصل مع الآخرين من خلال إنشاء صداقات مع أشخاص من مختلف بلدان العالم، أيا كانت ديانتهم أو جنسياتهم. كما أنها تسمح لكافة الأشخاص بالتعبير عن آرائهم وأفكارهم الخاصة دون أن يمنعهم أحد. وتعزيز التعاطف مع بعضنا البعض والمساعدة ونشر المعرفة وتساعد في البحث عن فرص عمل. كما أنها استطاعت تقليل حالات الاغتراب وصار من السهل متابعة أخبار الأهل والأقارب والأصدقاء الذين يعيشون في مسافات بعيدة لحظة بلحظة دون أن تنقطع أخبارهم كما أن من فوائد مواقع التواصل الاجتماعي في مجال التعلم الذاتي من خلال المعلومات المختلفة التي يمكن أن يحصل عليها
11: وأيضا لمواقع التواصل الاجتماعي سلبيات كثيرة من الممكن أن تضر المستخدم إن أساء استخدامها مذر هدري وإضاعة الوقت في تصفح المواقع دون أن يدرك أنها تنشر المعلومات الخاطئة والأخبار الكاذبة وتنتهك الخصوصية وتودي إلى سوء الفهم والإنعزال عن الواقع كما أن استخدام هذه المواقع من قبل الأطفال تؤدي إلى حصولهم على علامات دراسية مخفضة عن قيرهم من الطلاب، وهناك العديد من المشاكل الصحية كالسمنة نتيجة الكسل وقلة الحركة ويؤدي الاستخدام المفرط لوسائل التواصل الاجتماعي بشكل سلبي في المزاج مسبباً مشاكل نفسية مثل القلق والاكتئاب. فمتابعة الشخص لغيره لغيره على وسائل التواصل، وهم يقومون بتجارب إيجابية وممتعة مع عدم قدرته على خوض تلك التجارب تؤثر سلباً على نفسيه البعض. لا تقارن نفسك بالآخرين على الإطلاق.
9: كلما قللت اهتمامك بالآخرين كلما كنت أكثر سعادة ركز على المكان الذي تريد أن تكون فيه ركز على الشخص الذي تريد أن تصبح عليه ركز على المشاعر التي تريد شعورها وعمل نحو فعل الأشياء التي يجب عليك فعلها ركز على النماذج العظيمة تعلم منهم الإنجازات والقوة والإقدام والسعادة اذا كنت متحمسا حقا لمستقبلك لا تقف احلم واصل قاتل كن انت باي تمن لا تدعهم يشكلونك كما يريدون لا تكن صوره لا تليق بك لا تصبح ذلك الشخص الذي يريدونه كن انت فقط انت كن كما انت كن نفسك كن متميزا كن حرا بان تكون كما انت عليه كن فاهما للحياة فكر في العبور إلى المستقبل بأمان، فإن لم تستطع لا تكن كما يحب الآخرين
11: في النهاية يجب علينا معرفة وإدراك ما نقوم بفعله على هذه المواقع واستخدامها بالطرق الصحيحة كما يجب علينا عدم الانفصال التام عن الواقع والحياة الحقيقية وهدر أوقاتنا مع أشخاص ومواقع وهمية يجب علينا الاعتدال والتوسط بالاستخدام إلى هنا نصل إلى النهاية لكم مني أطيب التحيات ودمتم بخير
12: مرحباً اليوم سنجيب عن سؤال ما الوطن الوطن هو تلك الكلمة الصغيرة تلك الحروف القليلة التي تجعل المرء يبكي إذا سمعها الوطن هو ذلك الحب الذي حضرت داخلنا ألف إحساس وذلك الحنين الذي لا نستطيع أن ننسى ربما ابتعدنا لماذا؟ لأنه يوجد داخلنا الوطن هو تلك القطعة المفقودة من القلب إذا ابتعدنا عنه. هو تلك الضحكات العالية التي ستبقى معلقة في الذاكرة تسألني أين يوجد الوطن؟ لم أقوم بالتأشير على أي خريطة لأنه يوجد في أعماق عماقنا هو تلك الأرض التي تحس أنها ملكك أنت وحدك التي لا تحس أنك غريب داخلها الوطن هو تلك الآثار التي جعلت جميع العالم يعرف أنها من أقدم الحضارات وعرقها هو أجمل أيامنا التي
13: عشناها هناك حيث تقتل الأطفال وتغتصب نساء يقهر الرجال ويتم إخفاؤهم إلى موراء الشمس يهاجر الشباب هربا في حين هو أولى بهم تبكي قلوبا ثكال أبنائها فيه يموت ما تبقى من الشعب جوعا وهو أغنى الأماكن بالموارد الطبيعية. يتمنون فيه رغيف خبز، وهو بيضة رقمح. يشتهون رائحة ديزل، وهو غني بأبار النفط. يبردون، وهو مليء بحقول الغاز. يشرد ما تبقى من الأطفال دون تعليم. أصبحت الآثار مقرض حطام ورمال أجمل
12: أيام التي عشناها. تحولت لياليها إلى الخوف من صوت الطائرات والصواريخ وأصبحنا لا نرى سوى آلام وأوجاع ضحّى لها. لماذا لا أعرف؟ وكيف لا أعرف؟
13: لماذا؟ وكيف؟ ومن أجل من أجل المناصب من أجل الكرسي من أجل الحكم؟ من أجل السرقة ونهب ما يحتوي جمعاء لفئة حاكمة معينة مهيمنة. هناك هناك وهناك, وهناك 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 كل هذا يحصل في وطني
12: وسأخبر أبنائي أن وطني سيعود كما كان وسيعيشون جمال الحياة أحبك وطني الوطن هو أكبر مما ذكرنا كتبنا
13: وقلنا حق اوطاننا كلنا بان الاوطان لا تموت وبان لنا لقاء جميل يا وطني
0: Broken USA is produced by me, Carel Palmer and me, Emily Bogosian, And me, Shirin Barahi. And me, Charlie Hoxie. And me, Sriyanka Ray.
10: And me, Mayimi Sata.
0: With help this week from filmmaker Jude Cheb and editor extraordinaire Kareem Duwadi. Your Coffee is on Me was produced by Amal, Whale, well, Osama, and Walid. The Bodega Strike was produced by Abir, Sam, and Lamia. Yemeni Americans in the Pursuit of Education was produced by Takia, Yehyeh, and Sarah. Bullying Arab Women was produced by Gada, Amira, Fatima, and Gamila with help from Onwar and Amir. Be Yourself Social Media was produced by Anan, Nadia, Lala, and Kauter. And Homeland was produced by Ahlam and Andalit with help from Mona and Fatia. We're already hard at work on the next season of the show. So if you want to tell us a story or somehow end up on our podcast, check out the show's notes for a link to our guide on recording yourself and sending it in. And if you like what you hear, or think that we got something wrong, comment, like, share and subscribe and follow at TV on Twitter and Instagram for updates. For more information on this and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit us at www.brickartsmedia.org slash radio.
1: Everybody, Griff City here and I just want to say it's been really fun making content for you and I really hope you guys have a great summer I hope everything goes great and I'll see you in the fall thank you for listening Brooklyn!